Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, what's up, everybody? It's who the fuck else? It's Brian Rails on a Wrestle Radio Network Tuesday evening. I know that song didn't fucking make sense, but still, it's it's professional wrestling weekend, you know, because Monday Night Raw picked up business, SmackDown Live. We got our own business to handle for you. How's it going? Please welcome to the show, Zane BTY Stevens from Revolt Pro Wrestling. How are you doing, sir? Man, I'm doing great. How about yourself? This is Dandy, man. Can you hear me? <laughs> yes, sir. I can hear you. Can I? Can you hear me? Good deal. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm just making sure. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I'm doing my sound check. You know, Blog Talk has a lot of gremlins running the soundboards. So, um, <laughs> that's right. So let's get, yeah. So let's get right down to business, man. So when you when you first started pro wrestling. What was going through your mind when you stepped foot, took your first bump, took your first chop, you know, messed up man, first, honestly, a couple times? Took, what, was, what, was, what was going through your head? Man, when I took my first bump, it was a bare wood ring. No pad, just wood. Ooh. I really thought I was Ooh. stupid. I mean, like, I've been a fan forever, but, like, that first shot on a bare wood ring, and it wasn't a, like, they didn't give me the option here, man, this is how you throw yourself back. Like, it was literally a guy shot a scoop slam on me and bumped me. It was pretty brutal. Well, hell. That's one way to get introduced into business. I mean, I <laughs> like, um... I took 100 bumps the first night. Ooh. Man. On just the wood planks? On the wood planks. Wow, dude. I don't... I'm kind of at a... I've never, never heard of guys training, you know, in boxing rings or because um, wherever they were doing. But it's just like I cannot believe you just told me that you actually bumped on planes. I did. Uh, uh, unfortunately, right after that, the trainer got fired, but he made a really good point because they they kept having a bunch of guys quit on him. And like, well, if he comes back, he has heart. If he doesn't, he lasted a night, and then you didn't lose any time in him. I mean, that's that's one way to toughen up guys, I guess. But uh, you know, I mean, I guarantee you, I'm, you know, I'm damn sure tough. I uh, yeah, I dude. After I just heard what you just told me, I'm like, this guy's got to have a back of fucking steel. Uh, <laughs> man, like, I literally have two bulge discs, two herniated discs, two torn discs, um, two bulge discs in my neck, and bone spurs up and down my back and neck, and I still go out here and do this. 
I gotta say, man, that's pretty, that's a testament of will say you either, you know, train or go home. That's the thing that most trainers would tell guys um, is either you're here to work or you're just, you know, doing this as a hobby. What's your opinion on those who do work and those who just do this as a hobby? You know, man, like, there's a lot of great talent that does it as a hobby. I'm fine with it. Again, as long as you, uh, I mean, I can't even say as long as you know your place because they have a place. Because those guys are, you know, um, most of the talented guys are making other guys look good or most of the time making them look better than they actually were. Um, There's a place for all of it, man. It's just like there's a place for every kind of wrestling. Just because it's not my style doesn't mean it's not making money somewhere. That's very true. Good observation. So, I gotta ask, man. When you had your first match, you know, what was going through your mind? Like, do you remember your first match, or was it all like really fast, or do you remember it? You no, know, no, no, I remember it. Uh, see, it was garbage. It was garbage. <laughs> it was garbage, man. Like, um, so when you're trained by one of the kids that's training, you know what I mean? Like, I really, I was pretty much self-trained. Um, like it was like, hey, get in there and figure it out, and that's what we did. Um, but it was literally a triple threat match. I looked like crap. I hadn't, I didn't go to the gym at the time. I didn't care. I was really just proud. I was like, man, I'm a wrestler, so I didn't care. You know what I mean? Like, it was cool for me to be one of the guys, which I wasn't even one of the boys. I just thought I was, and um, didn't have proper gear. <laughs> Should have never been in the ring. <laughs> Yeah, it was awful. Uh, I feel your pain because, um, not to mention myself too much on the show, but they threw me in as a manager in Martin, Kansas. All I had on was blue jeans, a black shirt, and I just had sunglasses. They threw me in as a Middle Eastern heel, and I go, oh, God, what am I going to do? And luckily, man, it played off the heat from the crowd. And what's your okay, – so i got to ask you this. What is the most important thing that a professional wrestler must exhibit? You must show the crowd, like, hey, is it important to get them going? Is it important to make sure they're around during the match, like, interaction-wise? What's your what's your thing, like, with crowd interaction? What's the most important thing to you also as a wrestler? Man, it, it, like, like it, you, you can't have one without the other. So, so you can't have one without the other. If you don't have a heel, you're not going to have a baby. If they don't have someone to hate, they're not going to have someone to cheer for. It takes both guys. So if they're both not doing their part, generally the crowd can just sit on their hands and not care. So I gotta, I gotta ask you. you know, I saw that your match you sent me um, through Messenger with Soldier. That guy's pretty. He's pretty acrobatic and he's pretty you know, like much like a high flyer. And he kind of resembles our truth, you know, looks-wise. I'm guessing he doesn't, he doesn't see it. He's like, I don't see it, guys. What are you talking about? Does I mean, besides... No, no, he definitely sees that, it. He makes fun of it all the time. That's cool. Um, I think you guys' pace on that match, how did you... I mean, I think it was a pretty good pace, pretty good flow to it. It had some really good spots to it. Uh, what was your overall take on that one match? What was your takeaway from it? And it's actually, 
as of late, it's actually one of my um, favorite matches. Of course, there's some kind of, uh, there's a crazy bump in there where he takes a nice power bomb on the apron. Again, I'm not much for, like, I don't make guys do that. He asked if that's what he wanted to do. I said, man, if that's what you want, I'm good with it, as long as it's safe. Um, I enjoyed it. We had some, of course, the crowd was into it because he's a crowd favorite there. So it was really easy to work the crowd. Didn't have to do a whole lot. Um, we could literally just kind of go with the flow and work a few spots in, and it just made it interesting and fun for me. Yes, um, I want, I'm not going to name any names or what the promotion was, but we were in North Carolina. And the promoter's like, I got you with a guy that's been working 10 years. All right, sounds great. This guy shows up. If he weighed 98 pounds, I was lucky. He was in black starter pants, black t-shirt, and tennis shoes. And literally said he was a, a diabetic, like a lifeline diabetic, like severe diabetic. So he couldn't be like hit too hard. And I was like, man, like you're really gonna be in the ring with you know these issues and he couldn't do anything couldn't lock up couldn't bump couldn't roll so yeah that was one of those nights where I'm like shit I just have to make it through this night because <laughs> I've been saying bro, like in this business you have moments where you're like oh that match was awesome I want to do it again I want to work you again um, is there any wrestler in particular that you would say that I work you even when we're like 50 fucking years old, is there anybody that stands out in your mind like, okay, I don't care where I'm at if I'm in NXT and in PJW, I could work you anywhere. Is there any dude that you would like to give props to? Yeah, I mean, definitely the um, the guy that I was in the ring with, the, the match I sent you to, the soldiers, Lucha LaCour, Chris Silvio. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of my favorites, Tom Pritchard. Love being in the ring with Tom Pritchard. I uh, actually met him at Monster Factory, Tom Pritchard, and a dude, actually, no, 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 that was Dr. Bruce Pritchard. I'm sorry, I get those mixed up. I'm sorry. Uh, the Pritchard <laughs> brothers are not hard to mix up, folks, but my bad. <laughs> They're both very, very talented workers, and they know how to make a complex hole look really simple. And um, they're really good at at creating of not like you have to make this moment look so big so when you you know Les Thatcher and that said you do lock up you know it's like you don't have to uh, be really strenuous you know you gotta be really it's like a dance man you just can't rush things in wrestling and I gotta I gotta say dude you know looking at you and in your promo picks like did you used to play football or do any kind of like sports like re- like high school wrestling or baseball or whatnot because you look like very very tall, you're very athletic, so bumping just come natural. Does bumping and doing the other things in wrestling come natural to you? Yeah, um, I played high school football. I played um, some hockey. 
uh, played soccer. I tried to play basketball, but I sucked at it. But I played just about any sport I could in school. So when you said, like earlier, you mentioned that you self-trained yourself, was that difficult thing for you you just learned how to adapt because you played so many sports you learned how to adapt in those environments was adapting to pro wrestling any different than adapting to like any other sport maybe well, as far as I mean it's one of the things where almost anybody can you can teach somebody how to do a move or how to take a bump um, I didn't know really what pro wrestling was until I sent a match to a mentor of mine Ball Carmichael, and he literally watched it and he said, Is this an effing rib? Because it was awful. And I was like, All right, man, how do I fix it? So from that point forward, like it was just seminars with him and Tom Pritchard, Ray Lloyd, Glacier, anybody that I could do a seminar with to, to actually learn the basic psychology and just how to transition to different moves and things of that nature. So psychology will probably take a hard night, a night that you're in the ring trying to bust your ass doing 20, 30 bumps into an easy night and getting a better crowd reaction and having a better match with proper psychology. That's great, man. We have some fun a little bit on the way, like, man, what's most, like, fun you've ever had on a, uh, on a road trip in you recall, like, fun prank they have pulled on somebody that's just like, man, I'm glad you didn't whip my ass type prank. Like, what, what's the funniest thing that you've ever pulled off prank-wise? What do you remember that stood out in your mind? Man, shit. Mm, let's see. Probably, um, so there was four of us. We were on a road trip. We stop at uh, McDonald's to get breakfast. Three of us in line. We get our things, the other guys in the bathroom, and then we just leave them and make him walk to the venue, which is probably about 10 miles. <laughs> oh, man, dude. <laughs> Share, but it's not about me. So we're gonna move forward. <laughs> um, let's see here. What was the longest trip that you had to take in your professional wrestling career that made you think, Jesus, look at Christ? 
trip, is this road trip ever going to end or is this fight ever going to end? Have you ever had a multiple trip in your like, hands on my legs, hurt my feet, hurt my back, eh? I just want to get to my hotel and I just want to get to a book and get it done. Have you ever had a moment or two like that? Definitely. And it's really odd, like, because the, the longest one was, um, because where I'm at in Alabama, we went to College Station, which is out in Texas. I can't remember what the name of the town is. We did to Lance Hoyt. Um, and it just seemed like that was one of those, this is never going to end. We made it over there on the way back, stopped and hit a, an event in Louisiana. And it was just one of those things. Um, it was just like really long, but fortunately there was two or three of us driving. So it really wasn't as stressing. But one of the, like I used to do a, uh, an event in Barnesville, Georgia at the time, uh, Luke Gallows was running the company. And that one always sucked because it was like out in the middle of nowhere, your car radio wouldn't even work. So that was always the worst ride. So it had no reception, is what you're saying? <laughs> Yeah, if you know you don't have no reception on the car radio, you've got nothing out there. Oh, jeez, man. I would, <laughs> I would just sing to myself or if it was on key or whatever. I'd be like, okay, this is my entertainment to myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you can't even but, like, uh, sing along to the radio, something's wrong. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, to another... A question that promise you ain't gonna keep you forever. But uh, say like we're gonna get on the fan side of things. Have you ever had a like a scary moment where a fan rushed the ring in the wrestling um, and tried to attack you type thing? And, and like how did you handle that? I have actually had a fan pull a knife on me. Fortunately. Um, there was enough security where the fan couldn't get to me. Um, and then we have incited a small riot in a venue. Jeez. And was asked, uh, the owner of the building said that the company could come back as long as I did not come with them. Wow. I'm not like a Mark fanboy, but does Zane have everybody's attention now? <laughs> so, we got barred in the building because you incited a riot. That is some funny shit, dude. Yeah, um, we actually had, um, the lady had to be 60, 70 years old. She made it through security and hit my partner in the balls. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's kind of funny. And she really took it seriously. I don't know how to handle that, but um, I'd be laughing in the back. Hey, um, man, it's down south, man. They they love their pro wrestling. Oh, uh, yeah, I forget the south references, you know, our sport as wrestling. That's okay, though. At least right. they're, they're into it. So, hey, as long as they buy and like, what's better. the? <coughs> That's the main thing, right? Right. So the main, I have a bit of crazy shit that fans do, like 
Have you ever had a moment where like you were a kid or something gave like a high five or gave you a hug or they uh, said something funny to you and you just didn't know exactly how to respond at that time? You're like, man, that's really Hi, cool, man. I guess. I don't you see my promo pics. You know there ain't no kids coming up to me. I have a face only a mother can love. <laughs> well, yeah, I, know, I am straight. Have you ever scared a kid and you're like, oh, shit, I didn't mean to do that? Um, yeah, we did um, an event in Pensacola, Florida, where um, like I literally just kept agitating to a kid to the point where he was just like crying big alligator tears. And like, and I just didn't stop and didn't stop and didn't stop and to the point where I was like, man, you know what? I probably should have eased up off the kid a little bit. But by then it was too late, so we just had to keep going. Boy, you know, I like you more and more. You're the troublemaker I'd love to manage. It's, it's just because, you know, controversy means controversy. It's like... Uh, how to put the two elements in mining and, you know... Well, you know, Eric Bischoff said it best, right? Controversy makes cash. Yeah, that's, that was the phrase I was looking for. I got, okay, so that's the fan side of things. So is there anything on Instagram folks you'd like to ask names uh, on the Retro Radio, the Retro underscore radio uh, Instagram? Is there anybody, anybody at all? Yes, we do have a question from Eric from Louisville, Kentucky. Said he says, uh, "What are your plans for the future in your professional wrestling career?" I mean, well, obviously, if you say you don't want a career like a, I want to pay bills doing professional wrestling, um, you would probably be lying most of the time. So, in any case, I just want to be able to to wrestle, pay bills, and make a full-time job out of it. I would love WWE, ROH, TNA, I'll do TNA, it doesn't matter, AEW. Like, I feel like I'd be a good fit there. I think you, because of your size, you, like, you have a look to you, and it's not just, I'm not a professional scout, and I don't sit there and say, well, you be the next big thing. But just looking at you, you have the height, you have a look, and what is WWE and all of them look for? It could be a lot of different things. It could be a different variety of, of uh, factors into it. You know, you, you're the dude that looks like I can take your girl and yours money, laugh about it, and take your girl at the same time if she wants me. That's just a, that's the look I get from you. You know, it's not a, well, he's an asshole type thing, folks. Zane has a, if you ever check him out on YouTube, you know, his links to Revolt Pro Wrestling and more. But if you worked in, so you've worked pretty much stateside. If you worked on foreign soil, sir. I have not, unfortunately. We had a option where we thought we were going to go to Mexico, um, and then unfortunately that didn't pan out. And hopefully within the next year or so, I will get other opportunities. I mean, I haven't always been as active in wrestling like when I should have been like I've got a lot of years under me but a lot of them were just like like I stated earlier I was just cool to be a wrestler I didn't care uh, but then eventually I was like hey I wanted 
I want to belong. I want it to look like I belong. But then I started putting the work in. So, you know, you know taking I've those seen steps. Your progression shot. <coughs> Like what is you know what makes you or sets you apart from other professional wrestlers? I mean, I I'm saying I'm just gonna stick out a little bit. Hey, I'm saying you know if you don't like me, you know it is what it is. You know I'm just gonna be me. What makes you? What sets you apart from the other professional wrestlers in our business? What makes you be like okay, this is why we want to sign this guy type thing. Well, I think now, like I have a a work ethic like not many others. Um, and if you see me work in the ring, I usually have a a higher aggression than most of the guys in the ring. Not you know some guys have that mean um, demeanor about them, but I have this really mean aggressive uh, work ethic. Um, and then I just have that will do attitude, like. Whatever needs to be done, it doesn't matter. Have boots, we'll travel. Mm-hmm. That's always a good attitude to have. Now, i got to ask you this question. Um, have you, you're probably going to get a no, but uh, maybe you have, maybe you have not. Have you traversed up to Monster Factory? I have not. Um. Let me just suggest this to you, my friend. I've been to two super camps with Danny. Um, really good coach, really good guy. Um, you get noticed up there. That's a good thing. It's not a guarantee. But, you know, they have different people come up there from time to time. What do they do this with some, uh, the majority of my guests? Have like, you been to Monster Factory? You should go. You should go. Um, is that somewhere where you want to venture to eventually? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely love to go up there. Um, you know, of course, not always the, the finances are the easiest thing to come up with. But, again, um, I feel like in life, if there's something that you really want to do, you'll make it happen. So um, I will do my best. I would love to go up. I would love to do um, an ROH tryout. You know, any of those things where I can obviously get a a look by someone that can – Potentially open other doors. And I always say this to guests. It's like I said, it's not a guarantee that right then and there, you know, they're going to be able to sign you up for WWE. But if he likes you, if he thinks highly of you, or thinks things about you, um, that's a pretty good sign because that means like you're on the radar. People know who you are because at one point. Gerald Briscoe showed up there, Les Thatcher, Bruce Pritchard, actually, yeah, Bruce actually showed up to the uh, Monster Factory, Rudy Gonzalez, there's some pretty big, well-known names, and you don't know who's going to show up at the camp, it's just, um, <coughs> it's up the drop, I think, that's why I always tell guys to come on my show work out, that matters, like, you guys need to either meet him or Rudy Gonzalez, um, as a as a mentor and advice giver, Bob's amazing. So, anyways, that's that promotion promotional for uh, I recently, actually, huh? I recently just met um, Bob Evans and Tough Jim Hughes. 
we did an event with them in um, Alabama, and they were like great guys. Did a seminar with him. Um, <clears throat> love him. Phenomenal guy. Great character. Yes, and he's very encouraging, and I call him Uncle Bob. Um, he's the one that told me, like, have you ever thought about getting the quotationary, your manager, you know, be confident who you are, tell us, you know, who you are, don't tear people down. Um, you know, he gave some sound advice, you know, basic stuff that people should already know when you're professional wrestlers or managers. So, I really think him and Danny are very two good influences that uh, can help push your sale, if you will, we're not going to push it for you, but uh, I really think you, you should go, I don't know if there's any open spots left to be at September 21st, Super Camp, I don't, I mean, you can check if that's right, but do your size, and do your look, Dane, I'm telling you, one of these Super Camps, you should definitely consider going to Danny, and then up there in, in Paulsboro, because you have that I guess, you know, I don't know. I barely know you. Like, have that little piece that says, man, I'm probably going to see your face on an NXT program one day. That would be awesome. I mean, I'll definitely uh, look into it as well. Like, I always tell my friend, my friend uh, who's also a professional wrestler for for Gannon, he went to Monster Factory now twice because I love it there because my limit, it's hard, you know, and it's, you know, Andrew Kabani honor up there the last one, and he told me, like, there's nothing I would change about your uh, promo, not to brag on Kurt, but, you know, it's like, that's very encouraging when he tells me, like, oh, man, I had a great time there. I was going to go back. I was going to go back. That is the common thing. He's coming from Danny because he then says, um, write in the comment section that you like or didn't like to be really honest with me, and I will work with you. Um, one of the things that I really enjoyed about my perspective is that I'm going to be out of the Monster Factory discussion, like, I can say this, it's uh, bottom of my heart, like I barely know you, but I, I always tell guys like, hey, it doesn't matter if you're tall, it doesn't matter if you're big and strong. What a fucking monster! They actually are They're one of the best wrestling schools in the world. They produce Luke Gallows, Paul Anderson, Matt Riddle, Steve Cutler. The list goes on. With Bonnie. I could go on folks, but yes, it, I really think we, we would actually benefit from this, like every wrestler, from every manager, and every referee. And if Danny doesn't know awesome. who or what you are, you can get back to that way. Let's get back on the fan track for a moment. What is the greatest thing ever said to you uh, during your match? After your match and during when you were doing like selling t-shirts or what have you uh, after the show, what is the strangest thing a fan has ever said to you? Can I buy your dirty trunks or can I buy your dirty socks? Wow. Okay, that's just that probably ranks among the yeah among the top things in. <laughs> Yeah. That's like the, the cringe-worthy things. 
<coughs> well, do you have any that you'd be willing to share? Because my show has no filters. Like, like the cringeworthy things is in, like, dude, I'm sorry, not interested, but, you know, no. Like, social media-wise <laughs> is a big thing now. Like, has any fan ever been like, oh, you're really attractive, you know, I'd like to take you out on a date sometime. You're like, oh, I'm sorry, I, I don't go that way. I mean, I, I really don't with social media because I'm not uh, usually my active on social media is share uh, look here's a flyer share here's a flyer share I, you know, I, I'll go on and promote events that I'm on but I really try not to hang out on there very much not a big social media fan um, I think one of the the oddest ones was hearing somebody yell I want to have your baby um, <laughs> that's, that's interesting. Um, other than dirty socks and dirty trunks, I, I drank that up there as number numero uno. Like, what the fuck? Right. It's like you have no idea who um, I am other than what I do in the ring. So it's more of like you're attractive. I want to bang your brains out type thing. I mean, yeah, yell that. Don't yell out you want to have my kid. <laughs> like, you know what I do for a living, dear. Or, you know, it's partially on the side. I have the day job on top of that. It's like, when I have time for children, it's like, wrestlers, we, we, in this business or in the sport of professional wrestling, do we have time for kids? Some of us, yeah. Some of us, no. It just depends. Priority things, um, you know, I have sacrificed a lot. Um, so I may not uh, always have the greatest relationship with a child. Because sometimes we, as wrestlers, choose to go on the road instead of go to a birthday party. Declare anyone? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not saying he's a, a bad parent, but... You know, I mean, that man sacrifice for the business. I mean, mm-hmm. when when the phrase gets thrown out there, this is an addiction. I want to come back. I mean, it's so hard. The whole idealism of like, oh, I'm just going to retire completely from professional wrestling. Like, what's your take? Do we ever retire? Can you ever just walk away? <laughs> I, I mean, like, again, Ric Flair. I mean, whether he needs the money or not, like I honestly believe like if he had a chance to be in a venue, he would be there. I agree with you wholeheartedly, dude. Um, we're going to wrap this up real quick. Uh, before we do, um, just ask you this question, man. Uh, dream arena that you would like to perform in and it can be anywhere in the world to be Madison Square Garden, Tokyo Dome, it could be anywhere. Oh, you nailed it already. It'd be Madison Square Garden. And and why is that? Hands down, without even thinking about it. 
It does have um, a mystique. It does have history. Definitely. It's like um, one of those um, mecca, you know, like if, when you think wrestling, you say Madison Square Garden. Um, like, I believe, um, I don't want to like quote myself on it, but like Raw was shot there for a while, right? Like the novel um, Raw, wasn't that- it? Because I'm from New York, I was actually funny you say that. It was actually the first Monday Night Raw at six years old <laughs> in the old Manhattan Center. But yes, Raw was done by from the Manhattan Center a lot. And also, um, just living in New York, I can tell you I was at WrestleMania 20. Um, there are certain moments that cannot be repeated, like uh, Benoit, Huggy Guerrero after they won the championship. Or their respective championships, Undertaker, actually Paul Bearer. Oh, yay! Yeah. Everyone, when that gong hit, it was electric. Like, Madison Square Garden is like the enhancement for us, as long as not just wrestlers. In my humble opinion, like, if you say, I performed at Madison Square Garden, you already made it. I mean, that would definitely be. You're uh, right. You know, a pinnacle in a career. For sure, dude, because the moment that you actually go through those doors, like, I tell my friends, and, like, I went through concerts and stuff, but, like, when it's professional wrestling, like, the whole thing involved me to get goosebumps because I saw someone in Ring of Honor, um, their super show with Fusion Thunder Liger versus Fury. Um, just the whole atmosphere, like, a sold-out crowd in the garden. That's something that you like seldom fucking see nowadays because WWE can sell it out but it takes a lot for them to be promoted like okay why should we go to your show New Yorkers are extremely picky and I gotta ask this um, these last two final questions if you had a choice of working overseas in, in Britain Canada Japan Mexico um, where would you choose to be like okay man I, if you had to litter and what country overseas would you pick? Uh, man, probably Japan. And, you know, New Japan Pro Wrestling, of course. <clears throat> and my, my final question to you is, do you ever you know, get to the big, like, anywhere, it doesn't matter, AEW, Wrestling. If you would just pick a dream opponent to wrestle at a takeover, or would you rather choose to wrestle at a takeover mainly, and you pick your dream opponent, who would it be against, and why? Um, well, if I could make it the match that I wanted, uh, let's say a triple threat with Gorgano and Ciampa. Like, they are... Two of the top performers. I love watching them work. They work great together. And I, um, I mean, I love their styles. And I probably base a lot of my stuff or did off of Champa. That's awesome, dude. And um, so, finally, before you go, looking at you for forty minutes. Um, do you have any like social media platforms that you would like to most yourself, like fans listening right now, like where they can get a hold of you out asking questions? Um, 
We do have a Twitter at Epic Zane Stevens. Um, probably more active on Instagram at Zane underscore BTY underscore Stevens. Um, there's a Facebook. It's uh, at Zane BTY Stevens as well. Um, again, I'm more active on Instagram than usually anything. For some reason, it just seems like it's so much easier. Put up a picture, put up a few words, and let's ride. Um, but I'm like, I, I, I look at all of them. So, you know, if definitely a fan comments or says something or messages me, I'm definitely going to respond. Um, but I am there on all of them. And then definitely check out um, Revolt Pro Wrestling on YouTube. You can check out... Um, Revolt Pro Wrestling on, I think it's called uh, Vimeo. They're on there as well. Uh, first, Zane, uh, we thank you here at Wrestle Radio Network for joining me for a nice, you know, 40 minute, you know, shoot the breeze type deal. Um, I, I thank you, dude. I hope to see you on, on the, or not on. I know I'm going to see you. Continue to be big, you know, even on a bigger platform, and I hope to see you in NXT, my friend. So thank you for being on my show. Man, uh, obviously, thanks for having me on. And if you're not aware what BGY stands for, it's better than you. That's awesome, man. Thank you once again. Hey, uh, have a good one. Thank you. All right, thank you, man. Have a good day. <clears throat> well, that was Zane BTY. Stevens, you can catch him as you said as he said on his social media platforms. For those of you just joining in on Wrestle Radio Network Tuesday edition, I'm gonna do a very how do I put this? Twenty minutes might feel like two hours to you guys, but I fair warn you if you have small children that listen to my explicit content, please tell them not to repeat this to their principals because I won't give a fuck. But their principles will. So you dumb fucks, please stop. You know, if you have me on the show, just put me on mute. It doesn't matter. Kids can lip sync my words because they have internet and they have their smart. Anyways, Off the Rails Uncensored is a copyrighted show. The phrasing or use of the trademark Off the Rails Uncensored will be a $45 fine. For every usage, it will be $45. It has been implemented since 2016. If you decide to use the catchphrase off the rails or off the rails uncensored, you will be physically sued in person. Trust me, I don't want to go through the process. I've heard it said before on Monday Night Raw, so therefore my show got credibility. Do I have everyone's attention now? Thankfully, you guys ceased and desist. Long story short, Get my and I do not own the rights to Nikki Cross's likeness or theme. <clears throat> Glasgow Cross, CFO, Jim Johnson, 2017. There, I did it too. Hit the music, you crazy fucks. Fuckers. <laughs> Ha 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 
All right, ladies and gents, let's sum up this rant in 20 minutes, shall we? I have groceries to eat, my belly has to eat, and, well, technically, there's a lot of shit I have to do planning out mentally as I will be at TakeOver in Chicago in November. I will not be at that death trap known as Survivor Series. However, you know, Lady Lynn and I did not feel under the weather. Lady Lynn was, um, well... You know, she had things she had to do. She was getting ready for takeover as well. And yes, it's in November, but she says I must, you know, prepare for travel. So, again, folks, we get it. Three months is too early, right? Not really. Anyways, I'm glad I blasted your eardrums. That's just me. I had an eight-and-a-half-hour work schedule, and boy, you know, when someone sings Baby Shark in your ear, it tends to uh, resonate quite a bit, and therefore it incites... A few rants here and there, everywhere. This is not fucking Willy Wonka, but still. Okay. <clears throat> Point being, folks, Monday Night Raw. Okay, where to start? Where to start? Shall I? I shall read from a fucking page because I was in a plane because my airport at Midway, I don't own it, the airport at Midway wanted to play Battleship with moi. That is besides the point, you know, going from. <laughs> B1 to A11, and then go J3 to walk all the way. Long story short, let's report, shall we? So Becky Lynch was in a match with, you know, her partner was Charlotte Flair. Go fucking figure that didn't work out. It's Trish Stratus and Natalia. Natalia was in the zone, whatever. So Lynch and Charlotte beat him by DQ, whatever. Andrade versus Rey Mysterio, which is probably a good match. I need to go back and watch. Andrade beat Mysterio. Well, he's beat Mysterio. He's like, that's like the Chiefs in the playoffs against a random team, you know. I'm sorry. Granny Hulkster's not on, and I know she loves her Raiders. I know she does. Trust me. She's going to laugh at that statement, but she does, you know, whatever. Maria Canellas is OBGYN appointment. Oh, my God. R-Truth, have you no shame? I actually pinned Mike Canella, so big fucking deal. I know that Carmelo showed up. It was just one of those moments where you just have to laugh. Bleacher Report, you can suck an egg. Um, Seth Rollins uh, refuses to stay down. Seth, I love you, dude. Actually, I don't really. Um, but just stay down because you have an angry, angry man who only shows up five times a year. And he appropriately shows up at SummerSlam. Now they're forced beating us, Lesnar, but who gives a fuck? Um... And by force feeding, I mean the times in which they lost over half their viewership when it went from 16,436,129 to 8,101,202. See? I'm a statistic machine. I can remember this shit off the top of my head even before the show, folks. That was from June to July, so please stop doing this shit. Otherwise, AEW is going to run amok over you guys. They are, well, technically they somewhat are. <clears throat> Just a little bit. Anyways... So the Viking Raider, oh Lord, why not change it to the greatest name there is, you know, the War Raiders. And key point is the greatest name because it's the greatest football team there is and ever will be, the Oakland Raiders. You know, I know that's not who they named them after, but who cares? Ugh, have four speeding locals, okay, that's fine, I don't care at this point, whatever. Oh, yay, Drew McIntyre versus Cedric Alexander. I love Drew McIntyre, said no one ever. 
It's about as entertaining as a tree just sitting in a yard. Trust me, that was me even NXT. I don't like that or too technical people, but you know he's good for what he is. He's kind of an annoyance, and you know how his move came about. He's trying to pull up his pant leg, and well, he Claymore kicked someone. Anyways, Cedric Alexander then did not get off started because Bray Wyatt the Fiend or Doink the Clown or Joker Misfit, whatever he is, showed up and did. McFoley's mandible claw. I don't know if McFoley passed that off as an artifact, but who cares? Great. Everybody white, whatever. Okay. <clears throat> the OC versus the New Day and Ricochet. Why the hell do they have face paint on now? What the fuck? I'm looking at this picture wondering why he looks like Road Warrior Hawk or Animal. It's like, okay. You think we won't notice, but, you know, that's the side to the point. At least the OC won. whoop you do The New Day deserve to lose because they breakfast discriminate. That's just my take on it, folks. Somewhat, not really. They throw pancakes. They don't throw eggs and sausage and gravy at people. Well, that would hurt. But they need to put it in, like, some kind of capsule still. The point of this match was what? The OC is, in you know, instilling their dominance as a tag team in WWE. Blah. Moving on. Roman Reigns almost suffers a hit and run. What do you fucking do? Aleister Black. Could it be him? Could it be Samoa Joe? Could it be random dude we don't know from NXT, like Gargano, perhaps? You never know, folks. I jokingly made that prediction a long time ago before NXT TakeOver, or actually after, because Nikki Cross knew, she knew, she knows. The phone works. Random, Nikki Cross knows a lot. Okay, the Iconics. I cannot believe it. Yes, my coworker was so devastated he was going to call in sick. Not really. Versus the Kabuki Warriors versus Bliss and Cross versus Rose and DeVille. So, fire and desire, Corey Graves, you know, he has to get, he has to, he has to get treatment, folks, for some of that stuff. Uh, Andy Rose eliminated the Iconics with a bicycle knee. And then Alexa Bliss caught Kyrie Sane with Twisted Bliss. Okay. New tag team champions. Yay. You know, that means Alexa's going to be blessed more often now. As you know, Nikki has been ordained, I guess, as some kind of minister. It's just the way she says it, folks. Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss. She's Scottish. She can't help it. But I love the fact that the crazy the twisted sister from NXT the twisted sister now finally won a championship and though it, it eluded her in NXT she's you know really i think she was groomed to be a women's champion in my opinion at least once even if she held it for 3 weeks i would have been excited for her Okay, Ziggler versus Goldberg. Okay, folks, this is where the brunt end of the rant is going to come. So they geared it because Goldberg comes back every now and again. That's fine. I just, <clears throat> I don't know if Sean's hurt. I don't, he can't go anymore. Look at his, yes, he can. I would have preferred to see Shawn Michaels versus Ziggler, but I guess they want to teach him a lesson. So Goldberg is the perfect man to portray himself as the dude who's the enforcer, the guy who kicks other people's ass. You know what I have to say to that? Mm-hmm, nah. 
right? and, and that was weak, but <clears throat> the quality of match that's going to give fans, what the fuck thinking? And in some regards to be like, okay, what are you thinking as in why? Just just why would you would you do that to us? Goldberg still has yes. He made a few mistakes at the Super Showdown with Undertaker, but hey, my brain hurts just thinking about that match at SummerSlam. Okay, there are a few matches at SummerSlam I'm going to touch base with. Obviously going to win. Oh no, it's not set. Um, AJ versus Ricochet. Lesnar versus Robin. And dear God. <laughs> And then I'll uh, to regain time or even wait for SummerSlam have a good deal for this this point. It's like a catch twenty. I will say this. This pretty folks, if you don't like NXT you need to, the black and gold brand, Shayna Baszler versus me again. Right. Um Candace Wrestling or Candace Ray goes one on one with Io Shirai. And um, why am I just naming out the, okay, North American Championship, Roderick Strong versus Pete Dunne versus Velveteen Dream. All the matches in NXT are looking better and better, folks. I am excited. The Tag Team Championship matches, the Street Profits versus uh, Adam Cole, not Adam Cole, the Street Profits versus Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish for the NXT Tag Team Championships. Be sure to catch it on the network if you haven't done so. They revamped it and made it kind of new, if you will. So, I'm excited for NXT SummerSlam. I'll watch you. I'm not sure I want to type thing. So, I watch you because we're, you know, broadcast journalists, Lady Lynn and I. But sometimes, you know, the the, um, journalism that we have to report makes us want to pluck our eyeballs out with forks. Sometimes. Other times we just pluck at our eyeballs in frustration. That's, you know, and it's because one factor, you know, is going to lose viewership, so be it. But we must report to you as honest journalists. And as honest can be. If you didn't like what good old Brian Rails had to say, I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. Be sure to tune in on Mondays. 12.30 Eastern, 11.30 p.m. Central with Lady Lynn and myself. Tuesdays and Wednesdays are going to rotate guest co-hosts. So, again, be sure to catch us. Happy day, night, whatever. Enjoy your vacations before your kids go back to school. If your kids are back in school, mazel tov. You get some time to yourselves, whatever you do. All right. Enjoy professional wrestling. <laughs> Love you all. Goodbye. Take it. The closest personality. The closest personality.